0: We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hey, Sandy. How's it going? I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. Just munching on some fruit. Right on. <laughs> Loving my tummy with some fruit. Nice. Hmm. What'd you do last night?
0: Um, I did absolutely nothing. Nice. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like evenings for me of. I don't really do... I try not to do in the evening. <laughs> I had a, I a pretty full day. I was uh, actually doing a little bit of geology work with a friend.
1: Oh, and nice. Ta- yeah.
0: Taught yoga classes. And it was my birthday. Although <gasps> oh, yeah! this will be like... This will probably like come out way, way late in time. This, this is, But anyways, it was.
1: So everyone's going to wish you like a super happy, super belated... Birthday yeah. when this yeah. comes
0: out. Like months ahead of time, but that's okay. um But we didn't really, like, yesterday is just a normal day for me because it's kind of hard to like celebrate your birthday on a Tuesday. So we just did something on the weekend and that was nice.
1: Oh, what'd you do? Yeah.
0: Um, we went for some really good sushi one night, mm. and then there's a cool distillery down the road called Odd Society Distillery, and we went and had a couple cocktails there, and they make like legit cocktails that are not sugary, like they have really Ooh. unique ingredients like hemlock syrup. And What the heck is hemlock? Like, well, it's like some syrup. Hemlock is a tree.
1: Oh. We huh.
0: have them out here in BC. We have trees. <laughs>
1: Hey, we we have trees too. We do.
0: We have the green ones that stay green all year.
1: Oh yeah, those What's up now. That's lucky. right, lucky, lucky girl. <laughs>
0: Yeah, anyways, it was good. It was really, it's really cool there. And, um, yeah. And then, oh, on Sunday, I actually, went to one of my favorite yoga classes. Um, mm. Eric, Eric came and another friend came. And that's like, and then we went for like a little treat snack after and, um, had a good chat, which is like one of my favorite things to do ever. So that was great. Aw,
1: nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice chat with the hubs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty much my birthday celebration. And that is, was good enough for me this year because I just felt like, yeah like a little bit less is necessary
1: yeah little, yeah i think show. my my party days are over Hmm. Yeah. yeah it's not how i want to spend my time anymore for sure
0: yes we're lame you're <laughs> <laughs> <We're> fucking lame <laughs>
1: when you get older and like oh man even like one drink i tend to like i still feel it the next day it's not like i'm hungover, but there's something off with the system you know
0: Yeah, your body's just like that wasn't water. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's interesting. You eh?
0: you shorted me one glass of water, and I (laughs) can tell. Oh man!
1: (laughs) All right, what are we talking about today?
0: Um, We're going to talk about some body movement. So, looking at lordosis versus anterior pelvic tilt.
1: Yeah, I think that's a it's a topic that um comes up in a lot of teacher trainings that I've I've sort of been participating in um and it's I I guess maybe a few years ago this was kind of like a, a buzzword where people were like oh my god lordosis your low back is in lordosis that's so bad um like it's this thing that we all have to correct in our bodies or oh my god I can totally see your anterior pelvic tilt go neutralize it you know um mm-hmm. or like, oh, I'm working on my anterior pelvic tilt is something that I would hear a lot a few years ago. Um it's sort of died down now. Um I'm not too sure why. Um but I did want to do this topic sort of to help people clarify what's happening when we talk about these things, um and how to how to approach it maybe with a little bit more wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, there's
0: for people who are students and not teachers as well, this is helpful because there will be the odd teacher who says this stuff in a class, I mean, usually teachers are teaching it without using those terms, or you might explain something the more skilled teachers can kind of explain what they're talking about quickly and show you in their body, but otherwise, if they're like anteriorly tilt your pelvis, you're like, "What <laughs> yeah, me? yeah, so you might um gain something off of just listening to us today, hopefully, got more so, clarity there, less confusion, yeah.
1: yeah. Let's talk about the difference first. So what, what is an anterior pelvic tilt versus a posterior pelvic tilt?
0: Um, well, I always think of this in reference to the front of the body. It might help people remember a little bit more. So bringing anterior is forward. Bringing the front of your pelvis Forward. So I like to think about the t- the part of my pelvis I can touch like those two frontal hip bones, those bony parts, like if you're lying prone on your stomach and those little bones that for some of us dig in, let me just take your hands to your hips, like your fingers, thumbs on the more side of your body, fingers on the front. Um, that's the front of your pelvis. So bringing that more forward anteriorly and then posteriorly, you're going to bring that back so, the posterior tilt is that kind of classic pelvic tuck, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how you think of it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you can yeah. even think about it like in cat-cow, which I don't know why we call cat-cow, because mostly people start with cow to cat, but cow is anterior pelvic tilt. So, it... It usually follows with a mm-hmm. curve in the low back, a curve all the way out to the neck. That's your cow pose and the tailbone points up to the ceiling. And then your cat pose is rounding your back where you're tucking your pelvis, tucking your chin and like creating that roundedness, that like C shape of your spine. Is how I usually talk about it. So mm-hmm. anterior is tailbone but the, up to the ceiling.
0: The C shape, that's where I get confused because I'm, you, which direction are you looking
1: yeah c-shape yeah so rounding up to the ceiling i know i know it's I, i'm like it, all these terms are relative. on the right <laughs> side
0: of you and you're doing yeah if i'm the yeah yeah if i'm on the right side then the c's one way if i'm on the left side c's the other way oh so the c like yeah. i don't love because i'm like which where are you <laughs> like <laughs> behind me or something <laughs> which which c it can curve because they're just like semicircles in my mind so
1: i guess you could call it like a little camel's hump right when you're all fours then it's like you're feeling like a little does that make any sense?
0: Well, I would just say, like, round your back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trying to draw some pictures here, okay?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're doing there.
1: <laughs> All right, okay. So let's move on to lordosis and kyphosis. So um, anterior pelvic tilt and then posterior pelvic tilt, those are the the two... Um, well, two of many movements that your pelvis can do. Um, and they usually correspond with either a lordosis or a kyphosis. Um, why don't you take this one? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so when you anteriorly tilt your pelvis, bring your pelvis forward. Actually, sorry, I said the front of your pelvis. I'm thinking more top of your pelvis because that's what used to get me. Anyways, he's bringing the top of your pelvis <laughs> forward. I'll argue that later. Um, your lower back... I'm trying to think of this how, because it's in voice and no photos is hard. Your lower back comes forward. Does that make sense to you? Like, I I know what it is, but I'm trying to, because this is like one of the cues that some of my teachers would use. And also sometimes I was like, "Mm, not convinced. Um, Yeah. Because
1: it depends where you are in space as well. Like you said, in the eye of the beholder, the C shape looks different. So what I usually say is to twerk.
0: No. But which part which part of the twerk are you in? Because there's movement in a twerk.
1: Yeah, but, but twerking is generally like it lift is like your f- butt up. Yeah. You know? Lift your butt up, arch your back like a sexy party yeah. bee.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know how else to <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. That makes sense.
0: Or right? like bringing, moving your low back in until your like your whole, the front side of your body moves forward.
1: Yeah. Or maybe like low back towards your belly button. Yeah. 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 So that's. Move your, move your lower yeah. back
0: towards the front plane of your body.
1: Yeah. And I mean, something. like, I guess the thing that's important is with lordosis, it, it, your back already has a natural lumbar curve that we call lordotic curve. Um, and it's not a disease. It's not like, it's not something bad.
0: You shouldn't no. try to undo that. No, that's fine. So yeah, bringing more lordosis into your lower back, you're just exaggerating the natural curve. Yes. Yeah. Which is an exercise that you need to do. Like those muscles, at some point, need to be able to turn on. They're hugely important in like your overall what you would call quote unquote core support. Uh, Yeah. Side of your body. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yep. So kyphosis is basically the opposite of that. so, kyphosis, natural kyphosis in the spine, happens in your thoracic spine, um, and really interestingly, um, this is actually called your primary curve, um, and it's because as we were growing and coming, you know, as, of age to be able to stand up on our two legs, like a, as little babies, um, the first curve that we have is a kyphotic curve. So, it's the thoracic curve, and it's that fetal position, which is why it's called fetal position. Um, so, the kyphotic curve is called your primary the lordosis and you have two lordosis one in your low back one in your neck is called your secondary curves because they develop when you are able to hold your head up and they develop when you're able to stand up Um, they're basically weight-bearing mechanisms they're sort of like bridges they're weight-bearing mechanisms for you to be able to balance the weight of your body in vertical space and standing straight up and being bipedal Um, there is a second cathodic curve and that's the curve of your head so if you imagine the curve of your um skull, um, looking at it from the side, there, there is that little like cup curve of your head that follows that. That's the same shape generally as the sort of mid thoracic spine area. Um, and so we have two kyphotic curves, two lordotic curves.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The weight bearing um, aspect or of the spine is important. So if you had just like this straight vertical spine, and you imagine, well, we don't do this often, but just for an example, imagine like pushing down on it from above. Ugh. It has like, it's relatively Narcy. brittle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like pushing down on something that's straight, but it has a lot of notches in it. So there's weaknesses in it. And if you just push straight down, kind of like a little more brittle action where it would potentially fracture the spring, like imagine just like a curved piece of I don't know wood or metal or something nice and long you push down straight down on it it's going to bend a little more in those natural curves so it bears weight better and kind of kind of spreads out the force
1: yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um so Why are people so up in the hole, well, at least a few years ago, up in the hole, like, I got to get rid of this anterior pelvic tilt?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, like, in my experience. Well, okay, yeah, I'm thinking about this. Probably (laughs) people who knew a little bit more about anatomy were concerned about the tightness of their hip flexors and namely the iliacus and quadriceps will kind of bring you more into anterior pelvic tilts. So it goes back to that, like wanting your hip flexors to be like super duper long. And there's always kind of an obsession with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do sit a lot and we are in positions where there's a shortening there. And if you've had a body where you have more tension um, you will notice that that kind of throws off your pelvis and you might feel something in your pelvis or you might find some, um, misalignment in your lower back or some pain there with the musculature around that trying to correct and help out for that asymmetry. Uh, so potentially that's what it's from, like linking back to the hip flexors.
1: Yeah, it it might be. I'm, I also hear it a lot in backbends. Well, not hear it a lot, but I I see it in other teachers. And I used to hear it quite a bit actually in backbends about taking out the lordosis in your backbends so that you can get more in your thoracic. Um, And I, I don't know, I don't really like agree with that. I think that if you, in a backbend, actively try to get rid of all the low back curve and you just back bend from your upper back. It might be good for some people, like some isolations, um, some maybe therapeutics in it. Uh, But mostly I think in in like a a pose like full wheel, it's really impossible to do that, to to minimize the low back curve and just do it from your thoracic spine. Um, There are ways, however, you can sort of, feel more in your thoracic spine without undoing it in your um, low back and one of the ones i like is putting your legs up on something so if you grab two blocks made sure that they're really sticky onto the ground mm-hmm. put your feet on the blocks and then come into your full wheel um, and you'll feel much more in your chest and your arms mm-hmm. and your
0: shoulders however well i agree with the teacher that says like getting the Lord do- and it's not, you don't Yeah. The language is weird. It's like get the Lord Lord out of your lower back so that you get more extension in your thoracic spine. Um, for me, I still cue that a little bit. I, I cue more posterior pelvic tilts in a back bend more so to, I mean, in wheel when your hands are on the ground your mid back, your thoracic spine will be doing a little more work. So potentially getting a bit more extension. Um, You're not going to get all of it there, but more for the hip. Like it goes back to the hip for me because Mm. tight, I do have like that tight hip flexor or especially when I started yoga, like my hip extension was... I don't know, like maybe zero. Mm. Like my leg just didn't go back. My lower back would take all of it happily. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm pushing up into wheel and it's just like compression in my lower back. So I have okay. to like really draw my lower abdominals in, like draw the my frontal hip bones back, lift my pubic bone And that's going to do that posterior pelvic tilt and reduce a bit of the lordosis. There's still a ton of lordosis in my back, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that's the only way my body's wanting to bend. Like you'll Mm -hmm. see photos of some people, they're just like, it looks like a 90 degree curve in their Mm -hmm. lower back. Yeah. Um, And some people have that extra vertebra and they Mm -hmm. have a little more space so that like that might feel totally fine they might have like big juicy discs and they're like yeah this is awesome and they yeah. can go like way back in their lower back that's fine um, you don't want to just be like resting into extension though like <sighs> just kind of <laughs> squishing everything as much as you can i mean mm-hmm. not you don't want to practice that regularly so in my body having to work that posterior pelvic tilts which will remove some of the lordosis because they're attached to the SI joints and our SI joints just don't move the pelvis and the spine there they don't move all that much um so those things kind of go together as one piece and then I would so, get more hip extension
1: yeah so would you actually feel it in your hips when you did that
0: it would just take the pain out of my lower back mm-hmm. and i didn't necessarily in that pose feel a huge like in wheel I wouldn't feel a stretch in the front of my hip but my because once you get your hips towards level with your knees your quads have to turn on a whole bunch to hold you there Mm -hmm. like they're contracting like crazy um and as yeah because as you lift your hips more you're straightening the knee more Mm -hmm. which is the work of the quadriceps they're like you can imagine that tissue going over your kneecap there and it's like holding and it's pulling to lift your hip higher. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily getting like a huge stretch that I can feel, but I know I'm taking it out of my lower back. My lower back is way happier. Hmm. It would just feel like this dull, deep ache in my whole lower back. Mm. Um, And I just wasn't stoked on that I was I was always not sure I'm like I don't know like this isn't a sharp pain yeah I had teachers say like well it's really hard for us to assess that like wait a couple see how you feel tomorrow see how you feel the next day if you have pain it gets worse Um, and there is a point where I can push that and get a little more space in my lower back but Mm -hmm. I know overall like it's just beneficial to get more from my hip have all of my joints have um, work towards at least normal range of motion, or in a yoga body, they might go a little bit beyond what we record as normal. Cause when you record normal range of motion, it's in pretty stiff bodies that are sitting all day. So mm-hmm. working like the curves of your body evenly is important when you're, so that, that kind of plays into pelvic tilt and lordosis. Like you want both of those things going, um, I guess having equal strength. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So do you ever in your practice try to push low back curve
0: to push it? So to get more low back curve
1: or to go to towards your maximum?
0: Um, I don't say, I don't think I do that much. Hmm. Like we'll do. If I do. Well, like, it's not like I don't cute. Like we definitely do shapes where there are, there is curve in the lower back. Um, What I want people to be aware of is that kind of leaning in without any support. Mm. So your erector spinae are like basically contracting like crazy to bring what's called extension in your spine, which creates the lordosis um, or exaggerated lordosis in your lower back, right? Just pulling there like with 100% without any abdominal support, I don't think is a fantastic idea so i'm cueing people like if they are if we are doing more exaggerated lordosis in a posture to just have a, a gentle awareness for the front of the body like draw in draw the skin around your abdomen back not so much that it undoes the curve but there's support there
1: yeah yeah that's i totally agree with that i think that you can overdo it and so cueing to um curl the tailbone or to tuck the tailbone or to posteriorly tip the pelvis i think it's sometimes a bit too much and i think it's much more about like a more subtle um pulling inwards um to support a, a curve that should happen and i i actually think that going towards maximum especially when there is no pain at maximum it might be very healthy mm-hmm. for some people um because the body just sometimes needs to go in those ways, you know, I mean, you can start to train it there as long as there's no um, pain or any symptoms in the low back, you know, 24 to 48 hours after. Um, but as long as it does feel like it's something good, it's good for your back, then it might be something that's okay to do. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just depending. So back to anterior pelvic tilt, sitting position and so as. can you go briefly over how those things are related?
0: Yes. Okay, so <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. It's a
1: hard one to explain.
0: So sorry, anterior pelvic tilt and sitting in psoas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, psoas uh yeah. And lordosis. Well <laughs> Well it'll I think
1: I think you'll Lordosis yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe not.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. so your psoas is attached to your lower back on the front side. Think of it that way right deep in your belly. If you dug your hands, like go to the side of your belly button and like dig way back. Maybe you'd feel it. Maybe you'd vomit first. (laughs) (laughs) You'd just be like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a small, smaller muscle, um, which attaches to your spine and then it crosses the front of your hip. Just think like your underwear line where it meets your leg. And then it attaches kind of to the, it's like on the side and a little bit behind of your femur. Is that right?
1: The side? It's like, it goes on the,
0: like the inner edge of your femur and slightly behind. Yes. Yes.
1: It wraps all the way around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So up high on your femur, like go inner thigh and a little bit towards the back there. Um,
1: yeah, but you you can't touch that spot of it. No. It, it's no. like covered by the adductors and the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it's a very,
0: and... very, very deep muscle. Um, and when you're sitting, it's in a shorter position. It also works with the iliacus. So we sometimes call them iliopsoas together. Just give them one name. They are two muscles. They kind of make one. So the iliacus goes in the... Wait...
1: Yeah, the iliacus yeah, is, yeah. is sort of in the bowl of your pelvis. Yeah, you yeah, got it right. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it joins the psoas as it attaches to the femur. I'm
0: like touching my hip, then I'm like, wait, yeah. So it's in, <laughs> <laughs> you find that frontal hip bone, um, which is just like on the kind of side of your body, that little bony part again, you walk your fingers just in of it and you dig them back. Like you'll find there's a curve there, you pull them back. That one feels less uncomfortable, but you might, there's some dense tissue in there and that's the the iliacus and some other stuff. So yeah, it just attaches to the front side of the, like, I don't know. They look like little elephant ears or something. I don't know if you're looking oh, at the, yeah. the bones of the pelvis, I guess they the do, front yeah. side of that. Yeah. And then they come down again, the front of your hip and they kind of attach to the same spot as the psoas. So when you're sitting um, that both of those muscles kind of stay a little bit in a shortened position whether they are turned on a whole lot, I'm kind of not sure. Or if they're just in a shorter position and then they get used to that position. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're like on and holding?
1: Um, I or- think there's resting muscle tone, but it's not like pushing your knee up into your chest it's not like crow pose or it's not yeah, like yeah. um you know the standing leg raise where you have or hasta padangusthasana c where you're holding your leg up so you're standing up one leg is up the leg is straight mm-hmm. yeah it's not it's not like that um, yeah. level of contraction but i believe there is muscle tone small yeah. small amounts of muscle tone um, and i think the other portion of the psoas that we should talk about regarding lordosis is that there is a portion of the psoas that crosses your low back Um, your low back is always in somewhat of a lordosis at least posturally like as you walk around and live your life walking up and down the stairs walking to work walking back from work your your low back should be in this curve so your psoas as it follows that curve is slightly curved as well Um, and the psoas has a small role in maintaining that curve now the bones and the discs themselves are shaped such that that curve will always be there um, Mm -hmm. unless you actively undo it like with your muscles Uh, so if you're just standing the curve is there because your bones and your discs are shaped so that the curve is there so the psoas will always sort of be shaped that way as well unless of course you actively undo it Um, so there is also a resting muscle tone to keep your back in lordosis that comes from the psoas as well Um, however if you sit with very terrible posture and your back is rounded back um, and you're slumped over your desks maybe your elbows are down and you're resting your head on your elbows and you're doing whatever you're doing on the computer um, for hours on end that's actually putting your lordotic spine into a cathodic spine right so if you imagine mm-hmm. that like slumping uh sort of you're lazy th-
0: kind of tucking your tailbone under yeah the you're front sitting- of your hip bones will kind of sink back yeah into your yeah. belly ear. yeah
1: yeah and you can even like if you're sitting there you can sort of feel it like you move back towards the back of your sit bones your low back pushes out towards the chair um and your belly just sort of drops uh so that will actually, um, if you imagine, so your, your psoas has always been in this uh, lordotic curve. It's always been in this sort of um, natural curved shape. And then you do that, it's going to scrunch up the psoas as it follows the lumbar spine. Can you see that sort of in your mind's? Well, I'm
0: just, I'm not really understanding the way you're explaining it as the psoas oh. being curved. Because like, to me, it's like a more of a straight line between lower spine and leg it curves a little bit over the front of the hip um because it's like attached to the side in the front of the vertebrae mm. couple
1: just from what i understand I, I believe it plays a small role in maintaining that curve
0: right because it's pulling forward it's because of it's where it's connected it pulls pulls forward on oh, sp- the lower back yeah yeah
1: huh. oh i thought it was i thought it was because of its connection to the low back but maybe, yeah, maybe it is because it's connected to the hip. It's connected to the front of your body. Yeah. So it does pull you forward.
0: Yeah. So it's, yeah, imagine just like a rubber band or something, and it's more uh-huh. on the front side of the spine. It's like on the side and the front, and then you're pulling on that rubber band or just a strap or something. Imagine a strap. It's going to pull your whole whole low back forward and create okay. that forward curve, the lordotic curve.
1: Cool. Yeah, But yeah, there there would be, regardless, there would be some muscle tone that maintains that curve. So mm-hmm. if you are sitting with your back curved in lordosis, I believe that, that there's still muscle tone. I don't think it's like a, mm-hmm. all your muscles are slightly, there's a slight tone to it to maintain that curve. So anyway, back to like the slumping. So from what I understand, slumping is sort of like... You're not stretching the muscle, but you are stretching the portions of it that should be maintaining a lumbar curve. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And you're also, <laughs> um, tend to like do a little tick, tuck, tilt there. Um, <laughs> you're also really not using your erectors. So yes. that lordotic curve, the kind of forward curve of your lower spine, you're pulling forward with the psoas to get that. And also your erectors are in a shortened kind of state, somewhat contracted state there to support. So both of those, both of those like opposite muscles, they're on the opposite sides of your body. They're both have, they both have some contraction there to support that curve. And that's where it kind of, you kind of get out of whack when one is way stronger than the other, or you kind of lose tone of the erector. So some people just have, a hard time bringing a, bringing more strength into that lower back the backside of your body like if you're lying on the floor doing like shalabhasana type stuff mm-hmm. um lower back is just not as strong. Like some people hate that stuff. They find it excruciating yeah. where I'm like, yeah. woohoo, like the backside of my body yeah. is like ready to go. Yeah. And like do core work with me. I'm like, oh man
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just depends. It depends on what you tend to favor. Um so when you take a body that has a PSOAS that's constantly short and remember the fascia will sort of reshape itself to support the shortness because it, it, that's what it, it needs to do that's what you're mm-hmm. holding it in, in, in um whether you are kyphotic or lordotic with your spine um, so either one it's still going to be shortened in a certain way when you do go into a yoga class and you're challenged now to let's say put a back bend in that shortened psoas will pull the pelvis forward and increase lordosis. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's it's quite difficult to reshape all of that time we spend sitting in in just one hour of yoga but I mean it it is slowly and you know consistent slow and consistent practice can make changes in it Um, especially if the person also is like complicit with like oh I'm going to stand up and take breaks during my work day and go walk over to the printer walk for a coffee walk for whatever um, time that I can break up my sitting time Um, that that will all help to change the resting tone in the psoas and the fascia that surrounds it Um, however it is it it is difficult to just pop into a yoga class and be like here's my full wheel and have that anterior pelvic tilt and the the more lordotic curve happening um and and just to remember for the teachers out there that this will be asymptomatic in a lot of people this will not present as pain for a lot of people especially if you're younger especially if you just started sitting um and it's not like it hasn't taken its toll yet it, it hasn't like written itself into your body yet um So, yes, it is cool to catch it earlier, um, but also it's very hard to catch.
0: (laughs) Sorry, like the tightening of the psoas? Yeah, it's really hard to see. It's hard to to pinpoint. You'll usually notice, like, you're not going to, well, rarely. I had, I think I maybe strained my psoas at some point, but more often it's going to show up somewhere else. Like you're not going to feel that muscle is sore. Um, You'll maybe get something going on in your piriformis across the back of your hip. Because Mm. with um, the way your psoas is if that's kind of like the primary area where you're the lordosis and anterior pelvic tilt are getting out of whack. Um, If you do have it also more on one side of your body. Mm Mm-hmm that can create start to create um like a scoliosis like it's pulling more on one side and it's each psoas on the left and the right they're attached more to the front and then obviously a little bit of the side of the the lower spine so they're going to like pull more on that one side and your lower back can kind of curve a bit to the to the side there that makes sense
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah cuz it's a front and side muscle yeah but, like, um, if you ha-
0: if you know you have te- more tension in one hip than the other, like, don't be like, oh, my God, I have scoliosis. And, like, yeah, <laughs> I think everyone does a little bit. And, honestly, it doesn't matter if it's not causing you problems. If you're aware of, like, one side is tighter than the other, then that's kind of good enough. And, you know, maybe you need to do an extra bit of hip extension on one side. Um, like, don't freak out over this stuff, people. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I wanted to say about sitting, like, sitting, you want to like you said, have like that little bit more anterior pelvic tilt or not, or not an exaggerated posterior pelvic tilt. So a little bit of a natural curve in your lower back. You're not necessarily going to feel that in the musculature. So if you put your hand on your lower back, you're looking for like a round kind, or sorry, like, sorry, like kind of like a flat feeling in the musculature and the tissues. But once you like, you and I have seen in a cadaver, like your spine really does go forward away from those tissues. You don't need to feel like the skin on your lower back is curved forward to have a lordotic curve.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Even like with, you have to get your lower back fairly round or like the tissues feeling a little bit more round to have a more flat spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't feel like you need to like sit up super tall and use your whole back because that causes people a lot of back pain using the erectors too much through the middle back.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then you get that pinchy between your shoulder blades, but it's not the rhomboids. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it just like, like shoulders back through your chest up is a little, it's like too much. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it can sort of go either way.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I I just tell people, like, look, if you take a break, like, sit however you're going to sit, that's conducive to you concentrating and focusing on your work. But take lots of breaks. Try to break up every 20 minutes. Stand up. Look at something far away. Stretch your arms up and over your head. Do something with your body that you haven't done in that last, like, 20 minutes. And I know 20 minutes is, like, really impossible, but just try.
0: (laughs) You can just put, like, a little timer on your phone that makes a Mm -hmm. just maybe a vibrate or like a really like subtle ding depending on your workspace if you are someone who's sitting um, yeah you're like in an open workspace and obviously don't just like have an alarm going off
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I choose the 20 minutes more for eyesight actually um so I was told by my ophthalmologist way back, my eyes are terrible. Well, they were terrible and I got laser vision and now I have laser eyes. Mm. But uh, way back when I was told that every 20 minutes, like the 2020 rule, every 20 minutes, go look at something that's 20 feet away. So rather than looking like at something really close all day, you want to stand up, look far for at least 20 seconds. Um, and like if you do that with the the standing posture and you actually take yourself out of the passive hip flexion knees you know passively in that seat um hopefully the theory is that you do break up both patterns at the same time
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's really smart we've been sitting for like an hour i haven't got i know
1: (laughs) i have been looking so across the street there's this canadian flag like way way across the street and it's like it's nice i just look at it hey there canada i like that that's good advice (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to do every 20 minutes, but it's um something to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Eyes are connected to your head, connected to your chest, connected to your low back, connected to the entire posture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to touch on. With well, I want to, to
1: do I want to talk about poses cuz that's going to be really applicable.
0: Yeah. Go UK, you, okay, you go first cuz I feel like I've always gone first, I'm tired. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay sorry 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 to make you tired (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay (laughs) so um what I see have seen a lot of and I think it's it's because like everyone was talking about oh undo the anterior tilt um by tucking the tailbone tuck that tailbone you know I I saw uh, I think that a few years ago that was so prevalent here in yoga studios in Toronto that now when I see people in chair pose um their backs are rounded like in cat pose if Mm. that makes sense so Mm -hmm. they're way tucked under tailbones like between their knees or that direction and their arms are sort of like underneath their ears a little bit because when you're that rounded with your spine it's it's really hard to bring your arms up by the ears does Mm -hmm. that make sense oh yeah. yeah 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 so it's it's you just like you just break that it's like you're just fighting your own body mechanics at that point um and i think that's a result of like too many teachers just saying like tuck it under tuck it under feel your core feel your butt feel your core feel your butt and, and just so much of that has resulted in like a a weird looking cat chair Um, Mm -hmm. So my remedy to that is to release the hands onto the thighs, stay in your chair pose, but do a little bit of cat-cow in chair and then try to find somewhere in the middle. So you can still feel your core without tucking. Sure, you might feel your core more by tucking, but that's not necessarily what the chair pose is about. Um, Chair pose might be more about working your spine in like a really lengthened and long and, and neutral state where it can feel long. So Allow there to be that natural lumbar curve and then lift your chest away. And then the arms will probably more be able to float up by the ears rather than underneath. Um, and for me, that, that's a little bit more of a sort of like a aware chair.
0: Yeah. It rhymes. I also use people uh, clasping their hands behind their back um, and first just resting the hands on the lower back as a way to feel what their lower back is doing Ah. and in a kind of a chair position, chair, chair legs Mm -hmm. and not going like as extreme in your chair as you can, like just getting a a good bend in the knees, tilt forward a little bit, clasp your hands behind your lower back, use some effort to draw your shoulders back and then notice with your hands on your lower back there. And you'll, most people need to bend the elbows to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, notice what your lower back is doing and then see if you can bring some attention to the front and the back side of your body to create a little more neutral feeling of a spine. And that will feel like the flesh on your back is or the tissues there are are a little bit more towards flat. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. So then people are like, okay, like it feels really round. My back's pushing into my hand. I'm gonna move the front side of my body forward more, draw my lower back in, and then gently draw yeah. my abdominals back. Yeah. Or do the yeah. opposite. Yeah.
1: No, I totally so. get that. Yeah, like that. Those cues are like I'm like doing it as you're saying it. <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. yes, yes, I can, I can, I can feel it, Nat. I can feel it. Yeah. So I think like the subtleties in the cues are much more appropriate now. Now that um, there's some patterns there that you can start to see arise with people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, it's funny. I definitely see like a mix in what I what I have in my chair poses in my classes as a general observation more more posterior tilt and a less lordotic spine in men in chair Okay yeah and then the opposite in women Pretty general mm. but yeah something like yeah. that
1: And I, yeah I think those that's pretty that's pretty common too, like, you'll see that mix and you have to sort of speak to the midline of that in a mm-hmm. classroom. Like you're, you have to walk around and be like, okay, now everyone, that's why I kind of like taking everyone out of it and doing cat cows for everyone. Cause no yeah. matter where you are, we're just going to reset.
0: Yeah. Get like the idea of what the two, your, your end ranges of motion are there. Mm-hmm. Cause you might yeah. just not have access to a lot and yeah. then finding a middle place.
1: Yeah. With the knees in that, that bent position. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are like there any I- other
1: poses you want to talk about?
0: Um I'm trying to think like warrior 2. Uh-huh. I can see some people, uh maybe more of an abdominal issue, you know, like I see an accentuation sometimes in some bodies of the lordotic spine, so okay. a big like a little bit of a tail lift and really just dropping the front of the belly forward. Mm. Um, the more you, know what, you I... bring your spine back. Yeah. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be flat, but just going to a more regular lordosis in the lower back You bring your spine back. Again, your psoas is attached to your spine. Your front leg uh-huh. is as it is. That's going to create more length in your psoas. If you, if you, um, Decrease the amount of extreme extension in your lower back.
1: Yeah, that actually happens to me whenever my psoas is tight, and and it's the psoas in the back yeah. leg in Warrior Two, not the front leg because the front leg is bent. Um, so what I I actually started doing, like just for myself, is I'll do a low lunge or I'll do some psoas work, um, like a bridge psoas I don't, I don't know if you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Um, so. Anyway, so I'll do some so as work like a low lunge or something, stay there for a little bit. And then warrior two just feels so much better. It feels like I can um, just maneuver my hips a little bit more so that my back does have more of a natural curve rather than that um, anterior tilt, which will throw the belly forward. And it, it even tends to bend a little bit the back knee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like another little bit of a tell in some people, not in all people. But yeah, if there was like a discomfort in warrior two um right off the bat i would just be like come on down let's do some low lunge feel it in the front the the back hip sorry the the psoas of the back hip first maybe even some quad work since that is a hip flexor
0: Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it would be both legs your back leg your right is further away so it's probably the problem area Mm -hmm. more so but front knee bent because your psoas attaches to your thigh that doesn't matter too much like both legs are just away from your body
1: but front think. knee bent wouldn't that just
0: throw your chest forward um i don't not necessarily because there's mm-hmm. nothing like attached from your knee to your chest
1: oh well like throw the spine a little bit more forward so there's that also that like the, the other thing in warrior two the lean forward mm-hmm. in warrior two you know what i mean yeah the, like leaning towards
0: the front of your mat yeah yeah that's a different thing and okay i think that's just like Spatial awareness. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. think the knee does that. Because huh. if you just straighten that knee, people are still leaning forward.
1: Maybe. True. I don't know. I've never tested that. Huh. Something to think about. Because
0: the knee, because the knee is just like your quads and your hamstrings, and well, there's other things, but there's mm. nothing going all the way from your shin to your spine no
1: but that Fas-
0: fascia fascia and skin
1: yeah but That'd i was thinking more not- the hip is more flexed on that side
0: oh, okay the hip is more flexed i don't think that would pull you forward maybe i think it's more just that like people tend to lean forward towards the front
1: (laughs) everything's possible i know like trying to correct that uh sometimes it happens very easily like just gliding asking them to glide their shoulders over the hips sometimes that happens very easily and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just it doesn't happen at all so i'm not i'm not too sure where that comes from
0: i guess people like really rely on their quads in warrior um Mm -hmm. gaining strength in the back leg and relying on that is difficult for people to especially when they're learning to kind of tune in like that legs, not just there as a placeholder. It's mm. you can, you can like lean into it, push into it. Ideally you're kind of pushing the outer edge of your foot down and that will bring mm-hmm. more awareness to the whole backside of your body. And you'll usually see people's shoulders come back.
1: they will mm. be a little oh, more upright. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Check it out. See. Yeah, I will. See you <laughs> know. And then if anyone has any comments around that kind of stuff in warrior, um, We love to be in conversation with you guys. So, I mean, we're not here with all the answers. It's kind of a conversation, as you can tell. (laughs) Definitely a conversation. So we always um, link our email. So how to contact us in the show notes. So send us a message about anything we've said or um, if you have any questions around the stuff that we've talked about, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you can also catch us on Instagram, always the Instagram plug. Um, we post pretty regularly, you can follow our stories, helpful tips and tricks and just little, little exercises that either Nat or I have been playing with little ideas we've been playing with. Um, please do connect with us there, add on to the conversation there. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Oh, and that is Nat and Sandy yoga.
1: Oh yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if we'll make a separate one. I think we'll just keep it Nat and Sandy yoga. I think so. And then, yeah, it gets too confusing. Nat and Sandy Yoga, com. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm Sandy. I'm Nat. And we'll see you next time.
0: Bye, guys.